Call this meeting to order. Uh, roll call. Carlson? Oh, here. Priscilla's? Here. Parker? Here. Russo? Swigard? Here. The Board of Adjustment is a quasi-judicial body created by the City of Iowa City according to state statutes. The board's purpose is to decide on applications for variances from the zoning ordinance, appeals of decisions of city officials, and applications for special exceptions requested under the zoning ordinance. The Board of Adjustment is an independent volunteer board made up of Iowa City residents and is not part of the city administration. We are assisted in our work by the city attorney's office and by planning staff. Prior to this meeting, board members received the materials submitted by the applicants, the staff reports reviewing the application, and any correspondence submitted by members of the public. Board members have not discussed the application or its merits with each other, staff, the applicant, or any other member of the public in advance of this meeting. All consideration and discussion by the board takes place in open meeting here tonight where we also have an opportunity to hear from the public. The board bases its decision, decisions on facts and evidence allowed by city code presented in open meeting. Concise and truthful testimony helps us a great deal in our decision making. We ask that if you wish to speak, you come to the podium, print your name and address on the sign-in sheet, and speak clearly into the microphone so your testimony can be heard by all present and by our minute taker as all testimony becomes part of the public record. We ask that the proceedings be orderly and that when you are testifying, you address your remarks to the board. If this hearing becomes lengthy, we may ask that testimony be focused on new facts or on information not already presented. The order of proceedings for each application will be an oral report by staff summarizing the issues of the case and the staff's recommendations, an opportunity for the applicant to speak, an opportunity for any other interested parties to speak for or against the application, an opportunity for final statements and arguments by the applicant and staff. The board will discuss the issues and evidence, state its findings, and vote on a motion. Motions are always made in the affirmative. And now I will open the public hearing. Uh, Staff. We, have a case. we don't need to open public hearing until there's a case. Oh, well, that's what it says here. Okay. Well, we have a first uh, the item. Three. The first special exception item would be EXC 22-0006, an application submitted on behalf of Iowa City Ready Mix Incorporated to allow a heavy manufacturing use in a general industrial I-1 zone for a temporary concrete batch plant at 3 East Benton Street. And now I will open the public hearing and have ask for a staff report. Thank you. And just for the minute taker, uh, Russo did uh, come in now. So one second, just gonna get this set up <laughs> quick. Uh oh. this one more time there we go 
Okay, we are talking about the special exception at uh, 3 East Benton Street to allow Iowa City Ready Mix to establish a heavy in, uh, manufacturing use. Uh, note that I will also call this 11 West Benton Street throughout. So both of them are on the same property. 11 West Benton Street is kind of the specific part of the property where this is. Uh, that's the postal code for it. So if I swap between those, <coughs> it might get a little confusing, but that's why. Uh, in front of you, you can see, you can see the, uh, an aerial of the site. So I have circled in yellow the west side of the property, which is where we're looking at. Uh, it's largely a vacant portion of the property. Uh, as far as surrounding uses, you can see the riverfront crossings parked to the south. The Iowa River is directly to the west of the site. Uh, to the north, there's some vacant industrial property and commercial uses, and then there's some Johnson County uh, uses to the east. In terms of zoning, it's zoned I-1, which is general industrial. Uh, surrounding zones include general industrial. There's some CI-1, which is uh, intensive commercial. And then there's also some P-1, which is neighborhood public. Uh, and that includes both the park and the Johnson County properties. So in terms of what's happening, like I said, uh, Iowa City Ready Mix is requesting to establish a temporary concrete batch plant at 11 West Benton Street. Uh, this portion of the property is zoned I-1. Uh, which does allow concrete batch plants, which is a heavy manufacturing use, uh, but it requires special exceptions, so that's why we're having a special exception for this. Um, the portion of the site, like I said, is vacant, uh, but it was formerly the site of the Iowa City Ready Mix uh, property, um, so it was a concrete batch plant in the past. That's been 30 years ago or so. This is that's my son. He's in the hospital. Okay. Thought you might like that. <clears throat> can I sit out here and watch it, this? Yeah, meeting? you can have a seat. So this is the board of adjustment meeting. We're discussing. I don't care what kind of meeting it is. Oh, okay. I'm here to hassle the criminals in this room. Okay. Who's with me? Anyone? Want to stand pledge allegiance first? So the use then, uh, like I said, is expected to be temporary, six to eight weeks. Uh, they're expecting to have the concrete batch plant uh, starting in April 2023. Pass that around. The, uh, the, the use that's being proposed is a portable batch plant. So it's in a trailer, essentially. It's got some material style, uh, silos as well. There would be some material piles of rock and sand. And then there's also a portable office affiliated with, with the proposed use. Uh, the reason it's temporary is because it's essentially would be used uh, as their primary facility at 1854 South Riverside Drive is undergoing some renovations. So that's the reason that there's a temporary batch plant being proposed. Uh, in terms of uses that would be used on the subject property that we're talking about tonight, uh, there would be mixer trucks loaded on site and then concrete would actively be mixed as the concrete trucks drive to the site. Uh, for the most part, they would continue to use portions of their existing facility as well for parking and some things, which I'll talk about a little later. So here you can see the proposed concrete batch plant. Uh, it would be located on the north portion of the western side of the property. Um, the office would be located just to the east of it, and it would be right off of the entrance of uh, where there's the street access to the property. 
uh, the southwest side of the property is where the materials would be located. There'd be a silt fence around it, and there's also a small rinsing area uh, for the truck. And you can see that there are some existing buildings on the site as well to the east um, that are occupied by existing uses. Uh, the subject property also does have uh, the floodplain and river. So that is something else that, that factors into this application. Sir, you're welcome to um, observe the meeting, but could we ask for silence? Sure. But this man here and his boss are sending all kinds okay. of Okay. And it's not cool. But if you change the mural from peacefulize your privilege to save everybody. Peacefulize your privilege to save everybody. Thank you. I will be quiet now. Okay, thank you. Uh, in terms of smiling like that, it's not funny, Gores. It's not funny. Sir, this is serious stuff. My kids in the hospital. You know what? Sir, concentrate. Let's get him out of here. Call security. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. If he's quiet, he can stay. One more time. So the proposed concrete batch plant, this is roughly what it would look like. You can see the diagram uh, in the bottom left, and you can see just an example of what it might look like uh, in the upper right. In terms of the proposed site, uh, I've got some photos for you. The bottom left is looking south from the intersection uh, of Benton and um, I believe it's Capitol Street. Uh, you can see that it's, again, primarily vacant. Most of it's paved. There is some gravel on the south side of the property. Uh, you can see that the land sheds towards the river, so where the land sheds downward, that is where you start to get into the floodplain. Uh, the top right picture also shows the elevations. That is looking uh, northeast from the proposed use, uh, but it gives you a clearer picture of what that grade change looks like somewhat. And you can also see the... Uh, the, the intersection that leads into the property is signal controlled. Here are two more pictures of the property. Bottom left is looking south towards the proposed park from roughly where the proposed use is. You can see that there's some gravel back there, there's storage, uh, and then there are trees along the south and west property lines. Uh, the top right is looking east. Uh, so you can see some existing storage that's already in the area. Uh, there's a landscaping company that's there, so they use it for outdoor storage. And then there's also existing buildings uh, to the east. So your role tonight as the Board of Adjustment uh, is to either approve, approve with conditions, or deny the application based on the facts presented. Uh, to approve the application, you must find that all applicable approval criteria are met. Uh, that includes both specific standards that pertain to the specific special re exception requested, and then also general standards that apply for all special exceptions. So the specific standards that we're talking about today are in city code 144B4C4, and that is for heavy manufacturing uses in CI1 zones and, and, C, or, and I1 zones, excuse me. Um, again, heavy manufacturing uses in those zones are limited to concrete batch plants, so the proposed use would be allowed uh, with, a following, uh, with a special exception in the following standards. There are three specific standards that we'll be looking at. So the first is that the proposed use must be at least 500 feet from residentially zoned properties. Uh, in terms of surrounding uses, most of them aren't, there are no residential uses nearby. 
Uh, there is a property that's zoned Riverfront Crossings Central Crossings, which has some residential uses. So that zoning designation is RFC CX, uh, but that is not classified as a residential zone. Uh, and where the actual equipment is located on the parcel, it's more than 500 feet from the residential uses. Uh, so this staff believes that this criteria is met. There are no residentially zoned properties within 500 feet of the proposed use. The second criteria is related to outdoor storage and that all outdoor storage and work areas must be uh, located and screened to adequately reduce the noise, dust, and visual impact of the proposed use from surrounding properties. So in this case, the portable plant as a collector that will reduce dust impacts uh, and most noise is associated with loading the mixer where that loading point is 100 feet from Benton Street uh, and the construction equipment is subject to the city's noise ordinance and there are no nearby residential uses. So staff believes that those factors together help uh, reduce that impact of noise. Now I did want to uh, mention briefly that Paula had sent me a question about uh, in the application materials that you received um, there, there is a discussion about the operation of construction equipment and how that applies uh, at that time uh, in our initial uh, correspondence with the applicant. We had suggested that uh, there be a condition um, that, operation, or that equipment not be operated before 7 a.m. or after 10 p.m. So that was modeled on the city's noise ordinance. Uh, in the staff report packet that we provided, we actually got rid of that uh, condition as a request primarily because uh, those sorts of conditions are typically tied to residential properties and there are none nearby. So staff believe that those impacts uh, are, are less concerning uh, than, than once, once we looked into it further. Um, and the use is also subject to the, the city's noise ordinance already. So that does require uh, that construction equipment not be operated before seven unless they receive a permit from the city engineer. Um, so there is an opportunity to, to operate before 7 o'clock. Uh, the applicant and the materials that you received did request starting at 6.30. Um, staff believes that the permitting process through Public Works would take into effect surrounding uses as well. So uh, we believe that that condition wasn't necessary at the end of the day, and, and uh, that's why you don't find it in the staff report packet. Um, so that tied with the lack of residential properties around is really what it boiled down to. Um, in some cases, the applicant did note that they might want to even start at five. Um, that would also be subject to the, this, the city engineer's permitting process. Uh, if, if the Board of Adjustment doesn't believe that that's a satisfactory process, you know, you do have the, the flexibility to, to tie it to it if you think it's going to impact surrounding properties. But just wanted to kind of bring out that discussion uh, in the public hearing. So that's noise. Um, with regards to screening, uh, there are existing trees to the west and south that screen the use from the river and the park. Um, there are existing buildings to the east that adequately screen the use from South Clinton Street. Uh, and as far as to the north from uh, Benton Street, um, there is a 40-foot setback for the property. There is a change in grade. A staff does believe that that adequately screens it, especially given the temporary nature of the use um, with it. They're expecting it to be two months. Um, however, Staff does want to ensure that this is a temporary use and that there isn't a permanent use established at this site, um, just for some reasons that I'll talk about a little later. So staff does instead recommend a condition uh, that the use terminate 180 days after March 1st, 2023. Uh, staff does recommend that that be allowed to be extended uh, upon a vote of the Board of Adjustment. If down the line something comes up, there's a delay for some reason, um, you, there's all sorts of bottlenecks and materials. 
Um, but um, that, that is staff's recommended condition and termination would be defined as uh, the, the successful uh, closure and abandonment of all utilities that might need to be extended to the use. So that, that is, uh, w with that condition, staff does believe that this criteria is met. Um, but again, just wanted to make sure that some of the, that initial question that was asked of staff, that we brought that to the attention of the board so that everyone's on the same page. The third criteria is related to traffic circulation at access points. Um, in this case, the subject property is accessed from a signalized intersection. It's right at South Capitol Street and Benton Street, and those streets do have adequate capacity for the proposed use. Uh, there's also adequate room for circulation around the use of so staff believes that this criteria is met. This brings us to the seven general standards that apply to all special exceptions. The first of which is the exception will not be detrimental to or endanger public health, safety, comfort, or general welfare. So in terms of findings, again, the use will be temporary, so that minimizes its potential impacts on surrounding properties, and it's on a vacant, loss, or vacant lot, and it's accessed at a signalized intersection. So it should be able to safely accommodate traffic that's expected. Uh, in addition, the use is set back adequately from the sidewalk to the north, uh, and material piles are set even further back, which minimizes conflicts with pedestrians. Uh, one thing that I did want to talk a bit about is that the property does contain the 100 and 500 year floodplains. So the flood, a floodplain permit is required for the proposed use. That requires that structures for human oc occupancy be one foot above the 500 year flood hazard elevation level. Um, in the initial submittal for the concept, uh, you might have seen that the uh, proposed use was actually set back a little further from Benton Street. They moved it closer to Benton Street to, to accommodate the office use that is uh, occupied by humans uh, and to get that out of the floodplain. So that's why there is some discrepancy in, in the submittal that was sent out to neighbors versus the submittal that's uh, before you today. Um, but that is why. In the event of a flood, again, the equipment is portable. It doesn't require a crane to operate, so they should just be able to haul it right out. And similarly, there, there's the opportunity to, to take materials out of the floodplain as well. And there's a silt, pen, silt fence on the site. So with those, uh, staff does believe that that will minimize the impact of the floodplain. Uh, in addition, uh, mixers for the site and concrete washout, which is something that can uh, negatively impact a site will be done at their existing plant at 1854 South Riverside Drive. You may remember that plant since uh, they came before you to request to improve it, uh, which has led to this uh, proposal. Um, but having them rinse out the concrete on, at their existing washout site at their existing plant uh, will prevent negative impacts on this property uh, in terms of the potential of concrete being located on the site. Um, but staff does recommend a condition to ensure that that is the case, uh, that concrete not be washed out of any equipment at the subject property. Uh, and again, there is a silt fence that would prevent the loss of outdoor uh, materials. Uh, the applicant has noted that they may rinse dust out off the outside of trucks at the site uh, near the silt fence, um, as long as they're not rinsing out concrete there. Um, and with the conditions recommended, staff believes that uh, this specific or this general criteria is met. The second is that it won't negatively impact surrounding properties, essentially. So again, the portable plant has a collector that will reduce dust impacts. 
Uh, staff doesn't anticipate significant impacts due to noise, as previously discussed. Uh, and there's adequate screening around the proposed use, uh, as previously discussed. Um, there are other uses on the property as well uh, that may be affected. Um, there's a landscaping company, for example, but um, those uses seem to be compatible with the proposed use. Uh, and again, the proposed use will be temporary, so no effects uh, on property values are expected for, for surrounding properties. So staff does believe that this criteria is met. The third criteria is related to uh, orderly development in the area. Um, as far as the proposed use, again, it's established on a vacant lot, relatively small footprint compared to the size of the site and is set back 40 feet from all property lines. Uh, and the area is fully developed. There is some vacant property, but it is fully developed with a mix of industrial, commercial, and public uses. Uh, and the proposed use is more than 100 feet from surrounding uh, adjacent properties as well. So um, with that and with the fact that the use is temporary, uh, we don't affect or expect there to be any substantial impacts on um, improvement or redevelopment within the district. The fourth is that there's ad adequate utilities, roads, drainage, and facilities. Uh, the site has adequate access to most utilities and connections to utilities must be approved prior to construction as part of the building permit processes. Uh, water service has to be provided for the site. Uh, I did get word today that water service is available at uh, 11 West Benton Street, so the old connection that the concrete plant used to use is available. Um, but uh, the use does still have to connect to water uh, and any extensions of service. Uh, staff does recommend that uh, for any new alignments or connections uh, and plans for properly abandoning service once the use is moved, since it's a temporary use, uh, staff uh, recommends that that be a condition that it be approved by the city engineer as part of the site, re site plan review process. So staff continues to recommend that condition even though there's water service on site uh, just in just in case there there are changes that need to be made or if if a connection needs to be extended somewhat uh, in terms of other uses or other utilities on site roads drives and stormwater management won't change and again there's a silt fence that's proposed around the, the stockpiles um, so uh, staff doesn't anticipate any impacts with that it is a public meeting i oh but the purposes are different <clears throat> like it well yeah it is a public meeting he's free to take photos i recommend plowing on ahead i don't know maybe you should get the cops in here and remove me right no you don't want to remove me because i'll have you arrested we we can request what not speaking though i'm so, sorry you guys were talking to me it's true so thank you for your uh uh, in terms of other requirements that, that get kicked into the process, uh, those will be checked during building code, uh, site plan review, floodplain review, all of those things. So uh, with that, staff does believe that, that this criteria is met. Uh, there's also a requirement for adequate measures uh, to provide ingress or egress and minimize traffic congestion on public streets. Uh, again, it's access from a signalized intersection. The streets can, can uh, accommodate the traffic. Uh, and there's adequate room for circulation around the site, so staff believes that this criteria is met. And then with regards to uh, all other requirements being met, 
uh, other than the proposed exception. Uh, the equipment is 55 feet tall, so there is a height limit in the zone for 45 feet. That does apply to buildings. This isn't technically a building, but, the, but I just wanted to compare it against that since that uh, is typically what would be allowed in the zone. Uh, max building height may be increased by one foot for every two additional feet of setback, and the equipment is set back 40 feet, uh, so it does it is allowed to have an additional 10 feet of uh, building height. And again, it's in a 100 and 500 year floodplain, so a floodplain permit is required. They have already applied for that, and they'll, they will have to elevate uh, human structures for human occupancy out of the floodplain. Um, in addition, the site plan will require a sensitive areas development plan that shows a natural buffer along the Iowa River floodway. So you'll see that in the site plan that was submitted. They do meet that standard. Uh, but otherwise, staff will also review these during site plan, floodplain, and building permit review. And then finally, the proposed exception must be consistent with the comprehensive plan of the city as amended. Uh, the site uh, is shown in the comprehensive plan future land use map uh, as split use. So part of it is shown as public-private open space. Uh, the eastern portion of the site is shown as mixed use. Um, one of the plan's goals is to increase property tax base by encouraging retention and expansion of existing businesses. In this case, the proposed use is being proposed to allow the expansion of the existing plant at 1854 South Riverside Drive. Uh, and the Downtown Riverfront Crossings Master Plan does show this as a redevelopment site, again with a mix of open space and residential buildings. Uh, because the proposed use is temporary, it's not doing any permanent improvements to the site. Uh, and it is allowed under the current zoning, so uh, it won't impact redevelopment in the future. So staff does believe that this is consistent with all city plans. And because of that, staff does recommend approval of EXC 22-0006 to allow heavy manufacturing use within a general industrial zone for the property at 3 East Benton Street. Uh, in the staff report, it does say 1854 South Riverside Drive. Uh, just wanted to clarify that it is 43 East Benton Street. Um, subject to three conditions that we recommend as discussed earlier. That includes that the use must terminate after a period not to exceed 180 days after March 1st, 2023, uh, unless otherwise extended by the board. Uh, and that includes uh, termination of utilities and proper abandonment. Uh, second, that concrete not be washed out of any equipment at the subject property. And then third, uh, that if there is any new water service connection uh, and then that and the proper abandonment of it be approved by the city engineer uh, as part of site plan approval. Uh, terms of discussions with the public, uh, staff received no comments, no comments uh, on, from the on the proposed plan. So with that, we're not ready for public comment yet, Mr. Oh, Purdy, there will be an opportunity for that. With that, do you have any questions for staff? Right. Are there any board questions for staff? I have a question. Sure. Um, so th I am puzzled by the by the verbiage um, um, in early on. It states. Um, and could you just make sure that you're speaking into the mic too? Oh, I'm sorry. Just for this, so Bryce it, it can needs hear to you. Five hundred feet from residentially zoned property. Uh, yeah. Is, is is there ambiguity there? I mean. Does that mean residences, or does that mean residentially zoned? Districts? It means, re so residential zones in Iowa City are single-family residential zones and multifamily residential zones. Um, and it is tied to the proposed use. So the 500 feet, the riverfront crossings within 500 feet is from the parcel, not the use. 
So that that's kind of where it becomes a little ambiguous, but residentially zoned properties is a specific definition and none of that is located around the subject property. So it would be from from the dividing line between the two? It would be from where the use is being proposed on the site. So the, the closest portion of the use equipment to the residential zoning? For, from the residential uses. Residential uses zoning line? Yeah, it would be from the from the use to the residential zone line. So I'll go back to the zoning picture. And I'm actually going to put up something that might make it a little clearer. Is it true uh, that along with that is it is it standard interpretation to say that that the um, that the locus of concern is the machinery or is it the property so it would be within your purview to interpret the rules the specific verbiage of it is i'm just concerned about uh a year from now or half a year from now or whatever that there's a group of citizens that we haven't learned about that come forth and you know and then suddenly we're all hung out to dry here sure so th the specific language is that the proposed use so that would be the specific use of the industrial use must be located at least 500 feet from any residentially zoned property um, you can see the zoning map uh, up there residential zones are typically colored yellow or kind of a brownish color, orange sometimes. Um, there are no residentially zoned properties nearby. In terms of the actual residential use, if you can see my cursor to the east at the southeast corner of South Dubuque and East Benton Street, that property line for RFC uh, CX is not a residential zone. It does have some residential uses. I would say it, the property line barely grazes the edge of that. So where the proposed use is, it's about another block away further from, from the actual residential uses nearby. Um, but based on the verbiage, staff believes that that criteria is met because of the way that, it, that residential zones is a very specific language within the code. But is it true that you can have residential areas not located in a residentially zoned area? That correct? is correct. And there are residential uses within that, but the proposed use is not within 500 feet of that. The property line of the subject property is. And the fact that, uh, that the use involves um, a movement of trucks and materials uh, so that there's really no... I mean, are we looking at that, or is it just the uh, production machinery that is uh, is that we need to allow a, a special exception for? So, it, it you are just allowing a concrete batch plant use on the property. That that would be what would be allowed, and staff is recommending that there be a condition that it be temporary, um, just so that you do get an idea of what zones do allow residential uses. Um, riverfront crossing zones all allow residential uses. Uh, CC2 zones that you can see are somewhat close, but none of these have residential uses affiliated with them. 
Um, so the, the nearest residential uses are that property to the east at the southeast corner of Benton and South Dubuque. Uh, there is a residential use that's southwest of South Riverside Drive and uh, the railroad. Again, all of those are more than 500 feet from the proposed property and none of them are residentially zoned. Are there any residential uses up Clinton Street um, near the, I don't remember how close the sheriff's office is or the university building? Not nearby, okay. or not, I mean, they're, they're, those are the two closest residential uses, I guess is what I would say. Um, I have another question. We were talking about the time of operation. What days does, would this operate? Would it be seven days a week? Would it be? So that would be a question for the applicant. Um, okay. And the, the chair will invite them to speak after talking with staff. I don't know if you want to do that now or if you want to keep asking me questions first and then have the applicant speak. Uh, I have a rela related question. So in the original packet that we got, wasn't there a time constraint put on it? So that was in our initial correspondence, correspondence with the applicant. Mm. So we had initially considered uh, putting a time constraint on it, but because there aren't residential uses that are within 500 feet of the proposed use, oh. and because um, and because it's all it's still subject to the city noise ordinance, staff didn't believe that that condition was necessary in the final packet that you received in terms of our recommendation. Do you know you guys want Israeli police coming in here and taking me out? So did uh, did any of the property owners on the west side of the Iowa River receive uh, a letter about this? It would be people within 500 feet, and that would include both owners and occupants. I do not recall if that reached across the Iowa River or not. I have one concern. There is a hotel on the west side of the river. Uh, and it is not too far from where this will be put up. During the day, I don't think there would be a problem, but uh, the side of that hotel uh, that faces north, if there is a lot of, a lot of movement at 5 or 5.30 in the morning, I'm, I wonder if that would uh, affect the sleep of, of the people who are running rooms on the north side and so therefore would that have an effect upon the uh you know the business of that hotel i don't know that's you know that's i'm throwing it out but i that's one question that i have uh during the day i th there i would have no problem but early in the morning uh i know when it is very quiet Tra noise travels a lot farther and even in Iowa City at 5 and 530 it's pretty quiet and so that is that was my concern was the not the noise during the day but the noise like early in the morning what was the city's original recommendations for time of operation uh, it was the same as the noise ordinance, so 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. is what we had initially proposed. Okay. Well, we can... Yeah, we, 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 can just, we need to hear from them. Yeah, we can yeah. talk to them, and then that's always, that's always an uh, option for us. Can I just say this? That, well, no, I'll, I'll save that comment for later. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Um, any more questions for staff? Uh, I now invite the applicant to speak. Remember to sign in and state your name, please. Oh, it should be, it might be. Take the city out, but give me my son back. I can't even go to Texas because I can't sell no furniture at the farmer's market. And that man is cooperating with these frickin' Israelis that are taking over our government. Have your hotels, but give me back my son for Christ's sakes, man. This is too much. I have been harassed by police. I've been harassed by university police. I have been crucified in front of the courts. Now, please help my son, at least. For Christ's sakes, man. I deserve a little bit of liberty and a little bit of dignity here. I'm not a Nazi. Sir. I love Sir. Luther King. You ought to be getting with the program. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm upset and I have a right to be. My name's Matt Knapper. I'm the manager at the current. Is, it, is the PA on? Okay. Can you Say hear that me again? now? Oh, okay. okay. I'm Matt Knapper with Iowa City Ready Mix, and I'm the manager down there at the plant. And I had gone before you originally um, to get the first exception to be able to do the addition on the building and the upgrade to what we have at the current plant. So what this is going to do is going to allow us to stay in business and keep producing the concrete during this time period. And we want to make the time period as short as reasonably possible. I mean, we don't want to be at the site any longer than we absolutely have to because that's costing us more money. We want to be in our new plant and operating it. And I know there was some questions about uh, noise with surrounding properties. I think the Hampton Inn is the one that Paula was talking about, and that would be more than 500 feet away also. And we do have studies that were done by professional engineers on the noise that comes from these plants that were signed off. And it was less than 80 decibels. I think it was at, um, if I remember right, it was 100 feet or maybe it was even less than that, it was less than 80 decibels. So even anything past that point was negligible at that point. So there really was not much noise that was coming from these plants that would be a nuisance to anybody in the area. Um, trying to think of the other questions you guys may have had, but. Um, Sorry, we're also experiencing some technical difficulties with Bryce and Zoom, so. Uh. I think it's it's okay since we have an in-person quorum, but if you see me fiddling around, that's why I am. Okay. But yeah, I don't know if there are any other. Yeah, just looking over at the some of the questions that were sent to us that we had answered about the noise. This <laughs> is, yeah, 80 decibels at 20 feet from the plant. So it was a lot less than what I just had mentioned to you right now. So yeah, the noise, once you get away from where they're gonna be loading the concrete underneath Recording the plant. Recording in progress. Yeah, from the point where the mixer is actually backed under the plant, that's going to be the loudest point. Anything else is going to be negligible. And that point is going to be well, 
more than 100 feet away from the property lines, even from the sidewalks. So noise is really not going to be a nuisance to anybody. And typically, we only operate during the months of April and May. We're only going to be five days a week. So you're just looking at Monday through Friday. We definitely are never open on Sundays. Saturdays are very rare in that time of the year. We're not going to be bringing people in to be working on Saturdays yet because there just ain't that much work that's really going on. That's just kind of the start of the season for us and for the contractors. And it's all weather dependent, just the same. I mean, for all we know, there could still be snow on the ground come April and we might not be doing hardly anything. So, um, so that hopefully will answer some of your questions on the timing for how our plant would operate. And we will be keeping all of our mixers are going to be at our current plan at 1854 South Riverside Drive. Nothing's going to be kept there overnight other than the one loader that would bring material from those two stockpiles. One's rock, one's sand. And that'll be brought just back and forth between that pile and over to the actual plant where it's put in the hopper that feeds it into the mixers. So that loader would be the only equipment that would stay there that's movable each night. And then we just have one person that would be in that trailer and that's just to control the loading sequences. So that's the only person that would be on site full time. The mixers that are there are just gonna be parked there, loaded and on their way to job sites during the day. And then at night, and those will all be back at our plant and back in their sheds. So all those things are kept indoors. And we have a regulated washout bay that is at our current plant. So that's where any excess concrete we have, especially at the end of the day, all those washouts are going to occur back at our current plant. So none of that's going to be there on the site. Um, I don't have anything else to add unless anybody else has questions for me. I appreciate all the help Kirk had with getting the application together and the rest of the staff. and. Uh, appreciate all of you considering this special exemption for us. Um, I do have a question. Maybe I missed it. What time do you usually end uh, the workday? Our workday typically is done by five. Nine to five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, I mean, typically, summer months are different because that could be a little bit later. It might go till six, six thirty. I mean, we run on contractor schedules. So, I mean, most of it is all loaded out before five, and then we're just waiting around to see if they had enough, and you may have to load one more a little bit later. But these months, I don't foresee as busy as what we are right now. I mean, right now it's the end of the season for us, so everybody's trying to get as much done as they possibly can, but then we got shorter daylight hours, so that cuts back on things too. So typically, we're kind of between that seven and five would be our main loading times. Usually it's till 4.30 and then we would just be minor ones after that. You'll still have a few things that come about. I mean, it happens all the time, but it's not gonna go past seven o'clock at night during this time frame. I'm not worried about that. Um, the only thing we would ask, I mean, we are doing, like I had mentioned uh, Kirk, we're doing the project in North Liberty, the new hospital up there. So right now we just have once a week that it's an early morning pour and that's, Hopefully we'll have most of those done by that time comes and we may not have any more left to do yet Just depends on everything stays on schedule. They're supposed to be done with these early morning ones by that time by May so that's Could be questionable on whether or not we need to even apply or talked about getting special permits to be able to open up early possibly once a week for something like that So you said you're 
typical hours of operation would be a start time of what? Normally we would be starting around seven. I mean, I would like to go, I mean, right now where our plan is, we probably start loading at closer to 630 because most people want it on site at seven. It kind of depends on when the sun comes up. So it's closer to 630 is probably when we do right now. But that time of year, we're just getting started. So not everything is happening because it's still cooler in the mornings yet. So a lot of things don't happen first thing. So if it was decided by the board that 630 start time would be your earliest possible start time, that would not be that uh, would work for us that would be okay with yeah. you okay um and you don't think you'll be working on saturdays no or sundays no it's very rare that we have the saturday especially that time of year thank you can we take a little time out here kirk um i know i think we're all a little bit unnerved yeah um and the fact that he uh, he left if he comes back we don't know why he left could be to get a weapon we don't know fair uh the individual is uh joe purdy he's been a fixture at our meetings recently uh city what? council meetings and, and other uh meetings um, he's disruptive, as you saw, um, but uh, we have found the best course is to plow ahead and uh, just get our work done as best we can. Um, he, as, as you saw, repeatedly kind of invites police intervention and would you know, love to have that kind of conflict, and we have found it best just to move ahead and get our business done as best we can. Uh, we have received no information to suggest that he is an armed force or armed presence. Um, like I say, he's been to numerous, numerous city council meetings and so forth. So my recommendation would be certainly if you need to um, take a, a, a brief recess to, you know, kind of uh, clear your mind if that's necessary, that's certainly appropriate. But otherwise, my recommendation is to move ahead. Uh, my point is that if he comes back in, I don't know what his purpose is. Uh, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tolerate it. I just won't. I'll just leave. If, if protocol requires that nothing happened if he comes back in then i'm going to leave I, I, there's no reason for any of us to take a risk to uh satisfy um public meeting uh, requirements right i mean would it be possible to have a police officer in here in case or if you like we can certainly uh if he returns uh, call for a police presence just on a standby basis yeah uh, i'll warn you that that may provoke him prove to be even more uh, disruptive but well, uh but I, if you, you know. if you feel like your safety is at issue certainly we can do that and they would be happy to send someone i could, think that's do we, we have a could panic we, button or if he comes back our apologies our apologies you you you, you have witnessed what you, you've witnessed what he did, you know, he turned you on you guys, too. It's, it's important that all, everybody in this room feels comfortable. Yeah. So, so if, if he comes back, can we just suspend the meeting? You can take a, a brief recess? I would say that we take a recess, we yeah. go get a cop on yeah. standby. Is that? <laughs> yeah. That would I, be my recommendation. So I don't think that we want to, Unless you wanted to meet again tomorrow, I don't know what schedules look like for all this stuff. Well, I just don't know what the history is. You, yeah, you've educated us about it, but it's all new to us. And uh, sure, you know, I think back to Fairfield and whatever it was. You know, we're we're just um, uh, it's not. You know, the pay isn't great enough to, to take that <laughs> kind of risk. Yeah, 
Understand. Yeah, my recommendation is he comes back. If it makes you nervous, we take a, uh, the chair, uh, adjourn briefly for a brief recess, and we could uh, bring an officer over. Um, yeah. I'd be happy to have you wait in, in the conference room behind me in the meantime, if you'd like. And then once an officer is uh, here, we can resume the meeting, if that's uh, acceptable to the board. What, if, may I ask what his complaint is or what what's his beef uh i would recommend we don't get into that at mm. this meeting since that's not uh, an item that's on your agenda uh, i'd be happy to talk to you about it later yeah. after the meeting if you'd like okay so yep. it sounds like we have a plan if you see and start to come back in just call a recess go out that way i'll go out this way yep that door i'll go out that door i'll grab a presence Thank you. You guys are on your own. No. <laughs> you can come with me. Well, I'll go out that door. Yeah, you, you said he's been a recent presence at several meetings. Yeah. Um, has has police have police been involved in any of those situations? Uh, we he's been at nearly every city council meeting uh, for the last several months. There has not been a city officer present for any of those meetings. Um, he's been talked to outside in in other circumstances by the police if he's being disruptive outside yeah i i don't want to necessarily escalate it well we can take a recess and just see how but i'm with i'm with uh, mark i um if you feel unsafe yeah yeah i'm not, I'm not gonna say well that. i just you know uh i i um, when he's taking pictures of our of of, of us you know that it, it, it it's aggressive i didn't know if you had a, you know, if there was a legal relationship between you two, I mean, I, we're not party to any of that. And I'm thinking, uh, this isn't said good. He, he specifically said he came here to hassle you. <clears throat> right. He's upset with the city. Uh, there are many officials with the city ahead of me and uh, with whom he's upset. Um, but I, I think that since he associates me with city council because I am the city attorney and he sees me in their presence at every city council meeting, uh, given all those who are present in the room today, I would be the, you know, natural target for his angst. So if he's going to shoot somebody, it's you. I would presume it would be me. <laughs> okay. Well, presumptions are often incorrect. That's, I just, you know. Anyway, okay. Well, we have a recess. I'm also just going to note, Zoom does not seem to be cooperating, so we have lost uh, Bryce, just for the record. Um, uh, I'll say this, that if we're able to resume uh, with Mr. Parker, uh, given that he will be missing, has already missed, and presumably would be missing a significant portion of the discussion, it would probably be appropriate for him not to vote. Correct. Ultimately, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one more uh, question of the applicant. Um, Wait, oh, I'm oh. sorry. Resume, to, let's resume, yeah. the, resume, the public, <laughs> resume the public hearing. I, I was just curious. I, I don't know anything about, you know, the mechanics of all of this. Um, um, is there a lot of dust uh, produced? Yeah, is it, you're, you're probably under federal mandate to capture most of that, or how does that work? Yeah, this plant that we'll be getting, it has an actual dust collector that's built right over the head where it'll be loading into the mixers. So it will collect any kind of cement dust, fly ash dust, anything that's coming up the belts from that plant. 
into the actual truck. I see. So there really won't be any dust that would be leaving the property. I mean, all of it's going to be, there'll still be some dust that you're going to see, but it is within requirement or it is within uh, allowable measures. It won't be any different than what we currently have at our plant right now. I see. So yeah, so there won't be any issues with that. Now this, the one plant that we are looking at is just about a brand new plant. It's about as, I'm sorry. It's a very new plant and all the new ones have these dust collectors built on them, which is what we have coming to our plant when we do the work for it. And it will have that exact same thing on it too. Yep. So I have a, a question. Um, and it is mentioned in staff report that the area is used for overflow parking. I'm not sure who's parking there, but there are quite a few cars there when I visited the area. Will that impact your setup or your plant, or do you know how that might be handled? Thank you. It's a great question, actually. And I just put down my address as 3 East Benton Street because I'm John Ockenfels. Uh, that whole area is owned by Eagle View Properties, and I'm one of the owners of Eagle View Properties. Uh, the parking issue, those cars are all parked there. There's nothing is overflow, by the way. The space is currently leased by the Sustainable Landscape Company, and their employees park there while they're at work. And uh, I'm just going to move them over to the other side by Clinton Street on a different property. Uh, the uh, next spring when this comes about uh, we have lots of places for them to park uh, on another issue somebody brought up noise my office where I physically spend most of my day is actually in my hangar at the Iowa City Airport and I'm literally located about 300 feet plus or minus a little bit from the current plant you can't even hear the building you can't even hear the operations today inside those buildings and it's just a metal building so I think that's just to put that in perspective I literally really am that close so if you have any questions about the property I'd be happy to answer those and by the way the current address of that was 11 West Benton Street Capitol Street is the dividing line between East and West Benton Street <laughs> so we have three East Benton Street and 11 West Benton Street we, we cross town if you would so any any questions at all like I said I'd take those for you property wise all right thanks and so, I do, oh, go ahead. So how long do you want, in, in your dreams, how, how long do you think you will be there? How long, I mean, it, what do you want? It says specifically here that yeah. our hope is no longer than six to eight weeks. Okay. I mean, that's kind of the timeline we're looking at with our contractor, Macomo Sassina, who is gonna be generaling the project for our renovation for the upgrades at our current plant and that's what we're looking at right now so yeah we're looking at hopefully no more than that two months and it behooves you to be there as short a time as possible yeah we want to be there as short a time as possible because <laughs> i mean we're paying money for that portable plant and it's just it's not our plant we want to be back in our home and from the perspective of staff the reason we chose 180 days uh, is because that's what we would typically do for a temporary use permit and so we thought that it was appropriate to to kind of model it after some of our other 
requirements that we would put into place. So if you thought that a shorter period of time is uh, preferable based on the conditions and, and, and your concerns, um, you know, that's always your prerogative to, to adjust the findings that staff has. Um, I have another question. Um, so you will have one office, a, a trailer appearing office on site with one employee there. Um, what plans might you have for the security of the area? And the reason I bring that up is there are, I live in the area, and there are um, numerous people now in the area who are seeking alternative housing arrangements. And we have had some issues in my neighborhood where I live, and I just would like to bring that to your attention and um, encourage you to make sure that you've got everything secured. Everything that we would have on site would be secured. The job trailer, where the one person will be at, uh, just with his batch computer, that'll be locked up each night. And like I said, the only other equipment that would be left there would be a loader, and those doors would be locked also. So those are the two only access points you really would have. Everything else will be closed in on the equipment. Thank you. Any other questions for the applicant? Okay. So now we move on to public comment. Um, we, I, uh, we invite anybody in favor of the application to speak. Seeing no one, we invite anyone opposed to the application to speak. Seeing no one, uh, any final questions from the board to the applicant or the staff? All right, I close the public hearing. And we move to a motion. I move the approval of EXC 20-0006 to allow a heavy manufacturing use within a general industrial, is that I? I-1. I-1 zone for the property located at 11 West Benton Street, subject to the following conditions. One, the use must terminate after a period of time not to exceed 180 calendar days after March 1st, 2023, unless otherwise extended upon a vote by the Board of Adjustment. For the use to be considered terminated, all utility services must be properly abandoned as determined by the city engineer. Two, concrete shall not be washed out of any equipment at the subject property. And three, the alignment for any new water service connection along with a plan for proper, proper, properly abandoning, abandoning the water service after the use is removed shall be approved by the city engineer prior to site plan approval. I'll second that. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. Um, any discussion from the on the board? We're not including ours. 
You didn't want to include any hours of operation? Okay. We are just, in order to put this before the board, I have to put it in, in a positive form, and then we can discuss whether we want and to amend add it. anything. Yeah. If you want to amend it, you can yeah. discuss and amend now. Now's the yeah. time, yes. You would need to con connect it to a, one of the criteria as yeah. well. I'm sorry, I just had a question just for clarity's sake, and I know there's been a lot of discussion about <clears throat> 3 East Benton versus 11 West Benton. <clears throat> the motion was for 11. I see the screen says 3 East Benton. I just want to make sure that that was the correct address, according to staff. Both addresses are correct. Uh, okay, fair enough. Wherever, wherever, it's going, wherever it's going to be, that's what we want. <laughs> right, okay. And I would also like to clarify EXC 22 yeah. three zeros and 6. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. And it's just all in the same parcel, so it's a little confusing because 11 West Benton Street, the building that used to be there, does no longer exist, but it's where they're putting it. So. Okay. So does the board see the need for the addition of any hours of operation or days of operation? It said in one of the things that they would have to ask for a waiver if they were going to be open more or earlier than 7 a.m. 7 a.m. and who if they if that went into effect who would be responsible for granting that waiver it would be the public works staff city engineer I believe I don't see any reason to second-guess that process uh, you know they need some flexibility I don't think they're in, interested at all in, in in jeopardizing the relationship with the city that they have. I think that sort of speaks for itself. So I don't. I see no reason to add that that clause. I'm just. I was just curious if it. It's it's inherent in this that that's part of it, right? And and he, and each time. Okay, so each time they want to open early, they would have to get a waiver for that specific day, or? I, am, I imagine the way that it works is that they request, you know, I want to be able to open at 6.30 for eight weeks and five o'clock on certain days. I imagine it would be for the entire time period, not case-by-case oh, okay, basis not for every day. individual that, spot. And, and I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's how I assume it would work. I don't think that we would make them requested every day you know I was on the board when we approved the uh, new construction on Riverside and I, I'm really excited about it it was really excited about it then uh, and you your company seems to be very honest and forthright and wanting to have a good company and and add to our uh, community. So I want to make sure that I can help you do that. Okay, so it seems as though we don't want to attach any stipulations. No. Okay, um, so now we move on to finding a fact. Does anybody want to give that, okay. give that motion? Uh, regarding item EXC 20 22. 22. 22. Sorry. 
Oh, it, okay. I'm I'm reading what you did. Okay, so yeah. it's 22. Okay. Yeah. Okay, 22, 0006. I concur with the findings and set forth findings set forth in the staff report of November 9th. Nine, or 2022 and conclude that the general and specific standards are satisfied unless amended or opposed by another board member I recommend that the board adapt the findings in the staff report for the approval of this special exception your second I second Paula it well, says we need two other members oh, second. to agree with this. Well, well there's we a difference between second the motion and voting on the motion. Okay. And, and I'm not sure we had a, a vote on the first motion that was on the floor. And I'm sorry that I'm not. I, don't th I think you're right. I don't think we did. Yeah. And apologies if I'm just unfamiliar with your process. I thought the findings, I just assumed the findings of fact went before the final vote. We had to approve. I thought that they do too. We had to approve, okay. we had to approve the, um, yeah. the findings of fact to reinforce the motion. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So you've got, are there any other motions that are associated with the, uh, I'll say the overlying motion? No. no. All right, so it, it would be appropriate unless there's further discussion about the finding of facts portion to right. vote on that and then you can return right. to any further discussion before the vote on the uh, over, overall motion. Can we just do it as a, all in favor? So typically the findings of fact isn't technically a motion. We don't really need a second. We often take a second. Okay. But so i don't think that we need a vote it's just uh, they're they're including that within the initial motion yeah uh, okay it's part of the discussion that it's understood by the uh, board members that as part of their approval assuming that yeah. you do vote to approve it is uh, associated with the finding consistent correct. with the staff that is correct. correct got it thank you okay so roll call okay we have carlson yes chrysillis yes parker russo yes swigert yes The motion is declared approved. Any person desiring to appeal this decision to a court of record may do so within 30 days after this deci decision is fi filed with the city clerk's office. And now we will move on to special exception item EXC 22-0007, an application submitted on behalf of the Iowa City Elks Lodge 590 to build an addition to on the, on the clubhouse, which is an accessory to a parks and open space use at 637 Foster Road. And I will open the public hearing. Staff report. Thank you. Okay, so this one is for the Iowa City Elks Lodge um, building an addition on their existing clubhouse located within a golf course. So you can see the aerial in front of you here. I've circled kind of the, the clubhouse portion of the property. Um, the, the golf course does consist of multiple parcels. So there's a parcel to the west as well. Um, you can see that uh, there's some residential uses across Foster Road to the north, but the immediate surroundings of the clubhouse are the golf course itself. Uh, the property is zoned interim development single family residential uh, idrs um, as is the rest of the golf course um, aside from that surrounding zones include 
low-density single-family residential across the road and to the east a little further away. Um, there is a small area that's low-density multifamily residential RM12 uh, across Foster Road. And then there is a, another small area that's multifamily residential uh, RM20, medium density. Um, but that property is currently vacant. So the Elks Lodge uh, clubhouse that they're looking at, uh, the addition is just over 1,600 square feet or 1,654 square feet. The property itself is 30.7 acres. So it's a pretty large property just south of Foster Road. Um, the, the, the golf course itself is considered a parks and open space use. Um, and that is allowed to have certain accessory uses which are in, uh, include clubhouses. Uh, however, if the clubhouse is to expand by more than 500 square feet, it requires a special exception. So that is why it is before you today. Uh, the, the areas where they're adding to the clubhouse are on the west portion of the property uh, and on the south portion of the property. You can see the site plan uh, right here. The, the yellow boxes are the areas where there's the additions. Uh, I may fluctuate be between calling it addition and additions um, just because it's really part of one project. So um, you may notice the, the plurality changing throughout <laughs> as I speak, just so you're aware. Otherwise, you can see that it's set back relatively far from the road. There's also some parking lot improvements that are a part of the project. Uh, and they're also redoing some of the fencing along the pool. Uh, here is a picture of the property. The north side is, is the existing clubhouse, and the south side is the proposed clubhouse. And we also have uh, proposed elevations that are included in your packet. So the area that uh, is facing north uh, is only one story if you are looking at the other sides it's two or more stories just because of changes in elevation so your role tonight is to approve approve with conditions or deny the special exception um, to approve it you must find that it meets all applicable approval <coughs> criteria including specific and general standards uh, these specific standards are found at 144c2c3 uh, which is tied to uses buildings and structures devoted to active recreational uses such as clubhouses uh, within private shared open space. And those are permitted by special exception with uh, the following specific standards. So the first is that it is properly located to provide adequate separation between properties and between uses within the parks and open space area. Uh, in this case, it's an existing clubhouse. Uh, it's set back more than 370 feet from the north property line, so that's more than a uh, standard block. Uh, and staff believes that this provides the more than adequate separation between uses. The second is that it is consistent with the intended character of a specific parks and open space use. So the existing clubhouse was initially built uh, in 1972 to serve the golf course. Uh, the, the addition will still retain the same clubhouse uses, including locker rooms and dining area uh, with a bar. Um, so staff believe that this criteria continues to be met. The third is that the location or operation of the proposed use will not compromise designated environmental conservation areas. Uh, the expansion or the additions are in areas that have been graded in the past uh, and or paved. Uh, so staff doesn't believe that they contain any envir uh, environmental conservation areas. Uh, the subject property does contain the 100 and 500 year floodplain. So a floodplain permit uh, is required. But the clubhouse is well above flood elevation. That's much further to the south, I think more than 700 feet. Uh, similarly, there is a sensitive areas development plan that's required because uh, the parcel abuts the river. Um, but uh, the, the clubhouse addition uh, is not going to affect that. Uh, so based on these findings, staff doesn't see uh, any environmental impacts being anticipated. 
The fourth criteria is that the transportation system is capable of safely supporting the proposed use. Uh, some evaluation factors to consider are street capacity and level of service, access requirements, on-street parking impacts and neighborhood impacts and pedestrian safety. So the addition does increase the occupancy of the clubhouse to 351 occupants, but access to the site won't change. Uh, the parking lot is being improved as part of the project, so staff believes that that will actually improve traffic flow. Uh, and we don't anticipate any impacts to on-street parking because partially because it's set so far back from other parking areas and then uh, also because Foster Road doesn't allow on-street parking. So we don't anticipate those impacts. Uh, and relative to the size of the building, uh, we see the addition as being relatively minor and especially compared to the total parks and open space use. Uh, so we don't anticipate any substantial impacts on traffic uh, with the proposed additions. The fifth criteria is adequate public services. Uh, so this is an addition to an existing use. It already has uh, existing services, but uh, there are some improvements to services that are being made. So that includes increasing the size uh, of the water service. Uh, so that would support a fire suppression sprinkler system. Uh, it would also include burying the electrical service to the property. Uh, and then the next criteria is related to adverse impacts on livability of nearby residential properties. Uh, again, the property set back more than 370 feet from the north property line. Uh, the proposed addition uh, is to the west and south of, of the building, so it's not moving towards the property line, uh, and so we don't anticipate any uh, impacts uh, on livability. And then finally, there is an opportunity if, if the uh, the addition is less than 500 square feet that it could be approved by the building official. Um, but in this case, it is more than that, so a special exception is required. And that brings us into the general standards for special exceptions. Uh, the first is impacts to health, safety, comfort, or general welfare. Uh, again, uh, staff doesn't anticipate that the addition will affect the use or significantly impact the intensity of the use. Uh, and access to the property is not being modified, so we don't uh, anticipate major impacts to traffic generation. Uh, it does have some safety features uh, and aesthetic features that we think are positive, including expanding water service to allow a sprinkler system in the building and burying electrical lines, uh, which can improve the appearance. Uh, and access to the pool will be rerouted through the clubhouse, which will improve the ability of uh, the applicant to monitor folks uh, accessing that pool. So that should also improve public safety as well. Uh, and then finally, the project also addresses ADA accessibility issues at all entrances. Uh, so with those, staff believes that this uh, criteria is met. The second is that it won't negatively impact surrounding properties, essentially. Uh, and again, it's set back pretty far from, from adjacent residential uses. Um, and uh, the additions are to the west and south uh, on, the, on the property. Uh, and it will also retain the current use, uh, so we don't anticipate any changes to the compatibility with surrounding uses, uh, and it will include or improve the aesthetics uh, of the clubhouse uh, and through the electrical service. So staff believes that this criteria is met. Third is that it won't affect development of surrounding areas. Uh, this whole area uh, is already fully developed with a mix of residential parks and open space uses, and the proposed additions are set back from all adjacent properties, so we don't anticipate any impacts on surrounding properties. Fourth, uh, again, is adequate utilities, access roads, drainage, and facilities. Uh, existing clubhouse, so all these things are already provided. Mo most of the things aren't changing, uh, other than water service and the electric lines that we see as a, as a net positive. 
uh, but staff will ensure that all standards are met through the site plan and building permit processes as well. So staff believes that this criteria is met. Uh, fifth, uh, ingress and egress designed to minimize traffic congestion on public streets. Uh, we need adequate measures for that. Uh, the property is accessed exclusively from Foster Drive, but no changes are being proposed to the driveway, sidewalk, or street. Uh, and there are some improvements to the parking lot that staff police will help uh, improve traffic flow through the site, uh, including end caps on the ends of the aisles. So staff believes that this criteria is met. Six is that it, it complies with all additional standards other than the proposed exception. Um, the addition does conform with all dimensional and site development standards for uh, IDRS zones. Uh, it is in the 100 and 500 year floodplain, so a floodplain permit uh, and sensitive areas development plan is required. Uh, the applicant has already applied for that. Uh, in terms of parking, uh, parks and open space uses, uh, if it's a golf course, has a requirement that there be three parking spaces uh, for each green or each hole. Uh, the applicant is proposing 85 parking spaces, which is well above the minimum required. In this case, typically for an accessory use, uh, if there are parking standards that are affiliated with it, that is included uh, within the accessory use standard. So for example, accessory apartments has a standard that you have to provide such and such a parking. Otherwise, it's principal uses that, that uh, trigger the minimum parking standards. Um, but that criteria is met. Staff believes that that, 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 that is satisfactory uh, in terms of this, uh, this requirement that must be met. Uh, in terms of um, other standards, again, staff will review them during site plan review, flood plan, and building permit processes, uh, which are underway. Finally, it must be consistent with the comprehensive plan and district plans as amended. Uh, both the future land use maps of the comprehensive plan and north district plan designate, designate this for public-private open space. Uh, the current property complies with this uh, <coughs> or is consistent with it and the use will not change because of the special exceptions. So staff finds that this criteria is met. Based on these findings, uh, staff does recommend approval of EXC 22-0007 to allow a 1,654-square-foot addition to the Elks Lodge Clubhouse within a parks and open space use zoned interim development single-family residential uh, at 637 Foster Road. Uh, staff does not recommend any conditions with it uh, based on, on the application that we've received. So if you have any questions for me, I am happy to, uh, to discuss them with you. So is there a restaurant out there now? So the, the, the lodge does have a restaurant, but it's not a principal use restaurant. It's available to club members. So, so part of this project is not to kind of enlarge and make public uh, avail a, a publicly available restaurant spaces. I see. Is it bar? There's a bar there, right? It, yeah, for, for members again. For members, I see. So I have a question because it says the occupancy of the clubhouse will be 351, uh, but you, and so I'm confused on the number of parking spaces are 85. You feel that 85 parking spaces would be able to accommodate people who want to play golf and also uh, use the clubhouse. Yes, S staff believes that that the parking is sufficient based on what they've proposed. Um, I mean, it, it's 
pretty similar to what they have now. The addition isn't too terribly substantial um, relative to the size of the property. So staff, and also arguably people are there for the golf course. Um, that, that has not changed. That is still the principal use of the site. So staff believes that that is met. Uh, if parking is a concern that, that you see, you know, again, you as the board could impose a condition about a minimum parking requirement that's different from the minimum allowed for the zone. Staff considered it and decided that uh, we thought it was sufficient, so we didn't think a condition was warranted. Right now, if there's an event out there, uh, how, how much parking is there now? Um, on the current site, the proposed site is 85 spaces. The current parking on the site is similar to that. They might lose a couple spaces. So if there's a if there's an event out there, is the, the people just is it just overflow parking on the grass or something? Or uh, hold on, I'm sorry to interrupt. It, it, there will be an opportunity to talk yeah. and yeah. ask questions, and yeah. we would need him to be at a microphone. You're talking to the applicant. Sure. Yeah. This is for staff. Yeah, and I might even be able to get you that parking number. Let me just take a look. On the flip, on the flip side of that, Mark, um, it's a private club. Right. If they don't have enough parking, it's their problem. It's not. It's not. The, it's not. It, it's not the city's problem. I mean, it's not going to affect the city. It's going to affect the members of the club. So, it's a private club. And if if they're used to it now, yeah, I mean, yeah. And staff did look at the another comparable use or, or the use that we believed was most comparable to the proposed use. Uh, and that would be, you know, there, there is a separate use category for a lodge, for example, um, that is also allowed within this zone. In this case, it's accessory to the use, so, so we don't believe that the parking standard applies, but uh, the most comparable use is based on, I believe, one-sixth of the occupant load of the largest room in the building. Um, and from what we can tell, even with the size of the, the number required for the golf course and the number required, if you looked at that parking standard, it still is about what they're proposing. So, so that's really why staff looked at that and decided uh, we don't think that it that it's needed, and it is a private event. If it was public, it would not be allowed within the zone. That is something that I, I, I should mention. Any other questions for staff? <coughs> All right. If not, then invite the applicant to speak. Thank you. My name is Steve Wilson with WCS Construction here in Iowa City. Um, I'm also a member at uh, BPOE 590, and I've grown up here in Iowa City. Uh, <coughs> so I started golfing on the golf course in 1981 as a little guy. Uh, I also served in the chairs there in leadership, uh, past exalted ruler, and been a full member since 1994. So I have a little bit of background on the lodge. You brought up some good questions in your dialogue back and forth. Um, it's a it's kind of a seasonal and cyclical process that we go through out there it is a um, it is a full-service kitchen that doesn't operate uh, but a couple days a week Wednesday night and Friday night we offer dinner and then from Memorial Day to Labor Day we offer lunch at the pool 
and downstairs in a limited capacity. So sandwiches and that kind of thing uh, to keep people happy at the mostly uh, people that are bringing, because it is a private pool, we do have a lot of action at the pool as far as that. And part of this project, as, he, as Kirk talked about, was to, to provide ADA access at the parking level when you drive up to it on the north side, um, as well as segregating our, our membership when they come in to use the pool from the restaurant use at times, because there's a little bit of overlap occasionally, and then take the golf folks and funnel them in a different entrance so that they are not driving right in front of the pool. Right currently, we drive between the existing clubhouse and the pool fence in our golf carts to register for, for, to register for golf, which is a public safety item that we have to look at, whether it's public or private. It's not a good setup. Um, we've talked about it for years and there just wasn't a good way without reconstructing the site to do it. This project allows us a chance to do that. Um, as well as upgrade other public safety pieces that we touched on here. Um, Alan Wieskamp, who was the architect for this, is also a member, used to be at Chive Hattery now at Studio Intrigue Architects. Um, he put together a lot of the response that you saw here, uh, and he has COVID, so he wasn't able to be here tonight. But uh, he, uh, he and I both have been working on this for quite some time, and we think we've captured at least the biggest parts. You got 738 members the largest membership in Iowa for an Elks Club. So we have a responsibility to upgrade our facility and we've raised over $1.5 million privately to put this uh, into place. So we're, while we're proud of that, we also want to make sure we're responsible to it. And at the city's involvement and review, um, we looked and talked with Tim Hennis and, and Terry about the, you know, the potential for this project up front and their comments to us were bring us into the century because we didn't have sprinklers in the building. We didn't have a large enough service to support that. So we've captured that. Um, ADA access, a lot of our membership's older that has supported that club for a number of years. And we wanted to give them ease of access to come in and out of that, um, no matter how limited their use was. Also, really this, this isn't a place for huge weddings or you know other pieces like that, but funerals, um, receptions and, and stuff like that, um, graduations and bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, smaller gatherings. Uh, you know, you've got grandparents coming in, you got people with disabilities coming in, and we didn't have a great way of making it easy to get in and out of that building. You had a long approach, a sidewalk that went clear out and around to build a wraparound. Um, this will allow you to drive up right to the front door and have automatic doors. Uh, things like that is what we try to keep in mind. I'd welcome questions from you. I know that we're kind of skimming over the fact that this is so far away from the road, but if you drove down Foster after we're done with this uh, project, potentially, you'd see a new facade maybe and notice the siding color change, but the actual proposed areas of, of expansion aren't even gonna be visible from the road. So, um, <laughs> well, part of me wishes it was because it's kind of a nice advertisement for something really beautiful. It's it's not important. The really important part is, is upgrading the facility because it's it's decrepit. So could you go over, you said you would serve meals on Wednesday and Friday nights, then only go over that again. I current, the current schedule there is that they serve uh, dinner, supper at, uh, on on Wednesday evenings and Friday evenings. 
to the membership. Um, like any membership, we've got 700 some members and you see about 60 to 75 that really use the place. <laughs> so while there's plenty of people that pay their yearly dues, we have our regulars that show up and do different things. We have 170 golf memberships. Um, so you got about 170 to 700 that use the golf course. You've got over 400 that use the pool because it's the only private pool in Iowa City. After the athletic club closed, we saw a huge uptick between families with nannies and you know, just people with young, younger kids that joined that pool for the fact that it was private. Um, and so, you, yeah, you've got this, you got like, we keep track of the lodge because that's the, the working entity that, that works towards veterans and, and students in the community. We've got the restaurant that tries to support that, given, you know, selling meals. We've got the golf course and we've got the pool. And obviously the golf course and pool are seasonal. They're both closed at this point. So do you serve lunch then every day uh, or? Monday, Monday to Friday um, from Memorial Day to Labor Day. And then we have special event like on the 4th of July, we'll have an all day buffet. You know, it's if somebody has a, an occur, you know, some kind of uh, birthday or anniversary. Yeah, we might have something. You see a, a, a lot of this was really busy in the late 90s, early 2000s when the facility was in better shape. And quite frankly, with the finishes deteriorating the last decade, we've seen a, a lot less. Even Christmas parties get booked out there or, or special occasions because it just doesn't look as nice. And you've got a lot of competition here locally with facilities that are way, way more in tune. So, so basically, although you have a uh, membership of 700 people, uh, it's divided up into certain a certain amount of that will use the swimming pool, and that's probably that's what they're primarily interested. In. A certain group will use primarily do, use the golf course. You are correct, uh, yeah. and and you sort of ha over the years you have a good idea of how many people are going to be using which facility. Yeah, and I think the, the the people that have come before us uh, have just catered to that. I mean, what what do you need? That's what you build. So there's been additions to this building that have been put on because of capacity needs and parking lot expansion. There used to be tennis courts in the parking lot. Well, now the tennis courts don't exist because we needed the parking. So they, they took, down the, took down the chain link and, and paved it and striped it and turned it into a parking lot. Any other questions for applicant? Thank you. Thank you. I have one comment. Uh, I have a niece who worked out there as a waitress uh, a number of years ago. <laughs> and she said it was a great place to work at that point. It was in the 80s. So, yeah. Okay. Um, it's time for public comment. We invite anyone in favor of the application to speak. We invite anyone opposed to the application to speak. Uh, are there any final questions for the applicant or the staff from the board? 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 Nope. Okay. Paula? Nothing? All right. Uh, therefore, close the public hearing and uh, be ready to entertain a motion. I move the approval of 
EFC 220007 to allow a 1,654 square foot addition to the Elks Lodge Clubhouse within a parks and open space use zoned in, in interim development single family residential ID dash RS at 637 Foster Road. Second? Yes. Okay, now we will consider the findings of fact. <clears throat> uh, regarding item EXC 22-0007, I concur with the findings set forth in the staff report of November the 9th, 2022, and conclude that the general and specific standards are satisfied. Unless amended or opposed by another board member, I recommend that the board adopt the findings in the staff report for the approval of this special exception. Any comment on that? We'll take vote. Roll call. Rousseau? Aye. Swigard? Aye. Carlson? Aye. Crescillus? Aye. Parker? Uh, the motion is declared approved. Any person desiring to appeal this decision to a court of record may do so within 30 days after this decision is filed with the city clerk's office. And now... Uh, Gene, I would like to note that uh, item three we missed on the agenda. So it, uh -oh. I we probably need to return to that now, or you can return to it after item five, I suppose. But it's... Oh, uh, let's do number three. Uh, we need to nominate and select of a new board vice chair. Won't we also need a new chair? No. So the vice chair was formerly Amy. So oh, it, we do that in January, right? Or the new uh, I believe we do it in, yeah, January or first February. Meeting. The first meeting, exactly. Oh, so vi vice chair. To so this is just a matter of electing a vice chair. The vice chair would only serve until we basically turned the calendar year. Yeah. So both positions would be filled then in January? Yeah, they'll be, they'll be refilled in January. So this is going to be only be for <laughs> one one meeting well, possibly are we having a meeting next yes oh yep we have a complete application okay so one three minutes of a, fame it's a quickie uh it's, Low between, stakes. it's between you three <laughs> you can't do it's my first meeting i was <laughs> Okay, I'll do it for one meeting. Okay, so I have I bit for that, didn't you, I? You nominate her then. I nominate Nancy. Nancy for the uh, position of the vice chair. Uh, vice chair. Vice chair. Yeah. In a uh, temporary position? Yeah. For just well, it's, it's not, I'm sorry, it's not necessarily temporary. It will feel temporary, yeah. but you are filling this position yeah. on a until, permanent basis so, until, until so we if, get a new one. Right. So if Gene, for any reason, would not be able right. to attend in December, Ooh. you would be the chair. I'm right. going <laughs> to. You better not go south. <laughs> I'm skipping. That'd be my last meeting. All right. We had a motion. Do we have a second for that? Yeah, a second for that. I'll second it. Thank you. We'll, we need a vote on that as well. Yep. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay. Thank you. In order to do the election in January, how many people do we have to have here? 
Uh, it just needs to be a majority or a quorum. Quorum. Usu Which is the usual three. Three, three physically present. Correct. Okay. Uh, I'm having my lef left hip replaced on December 22nd. So me coming to the meeting in January is... Well, we... We might also need to switch the January meeting. I was going to talk about this in right. the announcements. So, yeah, let's cover We're that. We're done let's with move. that. Yeah. Uh, now we move on to consideration of meeting minutes. Anybody have any thoughts about that? Good luck. <clears throat> yeah. Hit them straight. <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts on um, the... If we, we, we approve we approve the minutes of uh, the July 18th meeting. That's what we're. Okay, I'll make a motion that we approve the meeting. I'll second it. I'll second it as as written. Yes. Yes, I second it. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed. They're pat or they're they're in the books. All right, announcements. Okay, I have several announcements this time because we haven't met since July. Yeah. Uh, first, Paula, as you've all met. Um, Paula, what's your last name? Swigard. I'm sorry. Swigard. 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 S W Y. Okay. Okay. G A R D. Okay, sure. Yep. Swigard. Swigard. And so she is joining us for I don't know what your term is, but for the foreseeable well, future, since it's a longer term <laughs> for the board. So. About a year. Okay. But we appreciate uh, you coming in. You and stayed longer if you want. <laughs> pro pro probably should have done a welcome at the beginning rather than at the end. But uh, job will grab you. That's all right. <laughs> so. It was grabbing tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For different reasons. Yes. Um, okay. So that's the first item. The second item is Jean's turn is up December 31st. Uh, I believe that. Is this your first or your second, technically? Second. This is your second. Okay, so uh, you would have to, you would not be able to reapply that, I believe, based on our policies? Yeah, on a city basis, not on a board of adjustment basis. I think that may be right. I haven't looked at that recently, but that, that feels right. Yeah, I so believe. the board of adjustment might be different? No, no, I'm saying that that's not a specific board of adjustment thing. That is a Correct. Uh, city boards and commissions and, and policy. What is, what is that clause? What is that? You can serve two terms on a single board, and then you have to jump boards, essentially. It's just a city policy. Um, and I don't know, does that include finishing out a term, or is it two full terms? <laughs> right. I, I think it's two full terms. And so, obviously, if someone were to be appointed for the last I've, couple months of one term. Ten I even took a little break in between. Yeah, you came back, I think. Yeah. But I think it's consecutive. So if you, if it's not, if this is um, your. Maybe it was short. Maybe that was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's something to consider. If you, you may be able to reapply. If it is, if you've already served two consecutive terms, you would not be able to reapply for the board. We're losing a lot of experience. Yeah. I'm going to be running Dick. For dictator of, of uh, Johnson County, so <laughs> um, keep that in mind. I've got plans, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not your last meeting. <laughs> it's not your last meeting, so there's still a chance. Oh yeah, you know. We'll see. But I just wanted to to make sure that we're all aware of that. Um, so 
This, your last meeting may be coming up in December. Um, my next item is, I sent it to you today. There's a Iowa Public Records and Open Meeting training that's voluntary uh, if you are interested. It would be held over Zoom at 6 p.m. on December 8th. Um, so you should have the information for that. I do have a, a flyer as well. If someone wants to take home a flyer, um, just let me know. But that could be an option for you if you are interested. Um, we will have a December 14th meeting. We do have an application. So we'll finish out the year strong. Nancy will, will be our vice chair for a meeting. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, that's, this brings us into January where we will have a conflict with city council for Emma Harvett Hall. So there are two options. One, we can try to take Emma Harvett Hall on another day, or two, <coughs> we move meeting locations. Um, other meeting areas could be the senior center where I believe we've met briefly. Maybe we didn't for this commission, I can't recall. No, we, we Planning didn't. and zoning met there. We did not. Okay, so we got spoiled as the board, but uh, that's an option. Uh, I believe that they have space. I, I reached out to them today. The library is another kind of backup option that we can use. Uh, or uh, if we have a small meeting, depending on if any more applications come in by Friday, uh, we might also be able to use the Helen Conference Room. Uh, I just wanted to kind of test the waters, see if you wanted to try and switch the date and stay here or just switch the location. That's in January? January 11th. I don't care. I won't be here. Yeah, you don't know. You might apply. Never oh, say yeah, never. I might. Never say never. We no. might twist your, <laughs> your arm and make you. Uh, okay, I have my three-week uh, appointment on January 6th. Uh, I know I cannot drive until I have my three-week appointment. Now, I don't know if I will be able to drive, you know, on January 6th when I go to the doctor or not. Uh, okay. it's with your hip you, there's a certain period where you cannot drive so, so for me it would be easier if we did it later, later on yeah. in the month and I would have a better po possibility of making it here on the 11th you know I, I, I would not promise for sure in that case I would propose the, the other day, Emma Harvard Hall is pretty busy, so looking for a time where we can actually meet here is somewhat trickier. I would propose January 26th at 515. Uh, I believe that Emma Harvard is available at that time. That would give you some additional time to recover, Nancy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a Thursday. That is a Thursday. All the Wednesdays are booked. In What's more important, city council? Or <laughs> yeah. Come on. The 26 would work for me. What are you talking about? You don't even want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking up for you guys. Thank you. Okay, so I'm hearing January 26 would work. So would that mean that we would have the meeting in February would be the second uh, Wednesday of the yeah, month? Yeah, we would. So it, there would be a short time between the January meeting and the correct. February meeting. Correct. Okay. Yep. But from staff's perspective, we would probably we would use the same application deadline. We have some flexibility if we slide it back, um, but and that's often we, we don't always get uh, applications in January or February, so it kind of depends on the year yeah. too. But 
I just want to make sure that we get this on the clock now so that we uh, can block off the time. So if that sounds good, I will I'll send that in my follow-up email and I will book off January 26th for our January meeting. And our February meeting would be the 8th, so it really would just be a little less than two weeks apart, but. Okay. Is that it? That is it for me. Okay, move to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. We are adjourned. <laughs>